0: Into the me, to this. It is Wednesday the 12th of May. Welcome to our Afternoon Sport Deep Dive. I'm Tim Gilbert. I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee. Now we, we sort of scratched at the surface yesterday about how you went to this Masters IPL. How many days were you there for and how much cricket if you timed yourself when you were there? How long were you there for? I was there for 12
1: days in total on the ground in India and I was at the crease for a total of about 14 seconds. <laughs> and how many kingfishers? Lots of kingfishers. It, it, but it, it was lovely to go back to India. Um, the crowds were huge once again um, and yeah, the passion hadn't changed. So it was a shame that that's when COVID hit and we had to come home just prior to this whole COVID issue that we're still experiencing right now.
0: Yeah, well, hopefully we'll get over that and get back to those heady days because there's nothing quite like cricket on the subcontinent. It's a huge show today. Let's look at the rugby league. We've got Graham Annesley, the head of football, and Drew Jones is all over the AFL from Fox Sports. His huge story with Richmond and the nightclub. So Shane, Man City, they have won the title and they've got clear air in front of them. That's just extraordinary, isn't it?
1: Yeah, big news. It was was good to read that the Man City boys are sitting around watching the Man United game and... And when Leicester scored uh, to go up two one, it handed them the uh, the crown, mate. And now they now look forward to I think it's May twenty nine for the uh, to play Chelsea in their first ever Champions League final. They really have dominated, haven't they? Pep Guardiola done an amazing job. He is an absolute genius, isn't he? Like a tactical genius, and um, to pull that team together, they've had a fantastic year. They seem like a really really tight squad, and, and well done. And to all the Man City
0: fans, enjoy it while you can. Yeah, because uh, like a lot of these big brands, they got fans all around the. World. Well, well done man city we've got a lot to talk about today in just a tick we're going to talk to graham annesley the head of football from the nrl it's been a busy week so much rugby league about of course magic round this weekend in Brisbane it's been a huge success over the past few years of course last year was a bit of an aberration but it's uh, it's great to have the head of football from the NRL Graham Annesley on afternoon sport how are you graham
1: i'm good thanks tim
2: how are you good
1: graham welcome to the show mate uh, let's start off there's been quite a bit of drama in the bunker this year hasn't there
2: well i wouldn't say there's been quite a bit i mean obviously we had a weekend that we'd rather forget last weekend sure. but Uh, You know, we have to keep it in some sort of context. For all of the uh, incidents that create a lot of publicity in the bunker, you know, we probably have another 98% of decisions that they make that save us from drama.
0: Yeah, well, I must admit there have been times where they've had very good games. Um, That was a glaring one, though, wasn't it? Like, it's one of those problems when things just topple on top of each other because there had been an edict come out of the NRL saying that we're going to, you know, any foul play is going to be slammed. And we've got a kid with a punctured lung and broken ribs going to hospital and not a lot done about it. Now, I'm glad that you guys uh, seized the day very quickly, but it just really was
2: um bad practice yeah there's no doubt about that I mean it was uh it was unacceptable but um you know I have some sympathy for them that it's very unusual to have three incidents in the one play to review uh you know there was the contact with Tedesco and uh there was determining whether a try had been scored after a potential knock-on or not and then of course there was the uh potential foul on the try scorer so uh now that's not an excuse because they should have picked all three of them up but it's an unusual situation but at the end of the day it is unacceptable not to get them all
1: graham i really do feel for um particularly yourself in this role because it, it is a contact sport and you know the head injuries and concussion is a really big topic now not, not only in it, in that nrl but across all sports where where are we at with the high shots of concussion and, and where do you think we'll get to <laughs>
2: Well, we've doubled down again with the uh, with the referees and the bunker officials this week. Uh, we gave some instructions last week and we didn't think that they were carried out in the way that they were intended. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're not going to back away from this. Uh, it's just not acceptable for uh, contact with the head and neck, particularly forceful contact with the head and neck these days. We've got to change players' habits. Uh, we've changed them in other ways over the years. You know, we used to have a problem with punching in the game. We used to have a problem with spear tackles in the game. We used to have a problem with shoulder charges in the game. And while you're still see isolated incidents of those you don't see them on a regular basis we want the same thing to happen with high tackles.
0: Now just looking at the um, you know play restarts is the game too quick for its current format in the sense of uh, is there enough on the bench there has been an idea floated of having a 21 man squad unlimited uh, interchange because of the pace of the game what are your thoughts on that?
2: Well I don't know that I've heard that specific proposal but we review everything every year, uh, Tim. It's a uh, it's an ongoing process. Uh, Peter Valandis has said regularly that uh, you know we have to move with the times. We can't idle uh, we can't just think that our game's as good as it's going to get we have to react to the uh, the wishes of our fans and we've got to keep them as entertained and engaged as possible and we've got to create value in our game so um, you know they're all challenges that we have to meet and we have to address them every year so we'll have another look at it at the end of the season and see where we go from there.
1: That was a really good point Timmy made you saying the game is faster now and, and the players seem a lot bigger what have been the biggest developments in your time in the game? Do you think?
2: Oh, probably colour television.
0: <laughs> I, was gonna, I was just going to say that. That goes back. That goes back with respect to the TNT sponsorship when he was blowing the whistle.
2: <laughs> Most of the footage of me is in sepia tone. So, oh, um... But, um, oh look, you know the game. The game, in principle, hasn't changed a lot. You know, um, I watch games, and you know, you're, you're sort of watching the same thing that you were 20, 30 years ago. Of course, there's nuances and and speed changes, and the toughness of players, and the, and the physical abilities that the players have uh, evolves all the time, but. It's still basically the same game, and that's why we all love it. it it's a robust game,
0: isn't it? I've worked in it for 30-odd years, played it at, at schoolboy level, and I've obviously went to the highest level. But, uh, but now I have boys that love the game. Um, it is robust, and we're seeing participation numbers really quite strong, aren't we, in men and women?
2: Yeah, well, the women's game has been a revelation for us and, uh, you know, we've, uh, we're have we on the verge of seeing a, a massive increase in investment in the women's game. Uh, we want to expand the competition. We want to have more players in more locations. Uh, we think it's a whole new market for us and, uh, you know, we're going to have some exciting announcements about all that very soon. So uh, it's something that the game and the commission are absolutely committed to. Uh, but the game for the men as, as well uh, constantly continues to evolve. You know, we've got uh, great things happening on the ground Around in uh, all of our states where we play and, and hopefully eventually when we see borders reopen and international borders reopen, we'll see the international game kick back into action as well.
1: Graham, I always wanted to know with the referee. Do you use your whistle around the house with to get kids to do something to get your wife to eat a sandwich? How does it work?
2: But I haven't I haven't been on the field for uh, let's see twenty six years or so. So um, any signs of a whistle disappeared long ago.
0: <laughs> yeah, Captain Von Trapp just tried that in the Sound of Music. It didn't work real well with Maria. Put that whistle away. Um, but uh, what about the Magic Round? Um, it was a bludger of a year last year, wasn't it? From uh, from a perspective of uh, of life, really, not just sport. We managed to roll on without crowds at times, uh, but this will be a real celebration. 40-odd thousand, hopefully, across the whole weekend to watch uh, what
2: will be a magic round. Yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, I can't wait for it. You know, we did miss out on it last year. It was uh, a big success the season before. Uh, it's probably going to be even bigger this year. People are hungry for it in Brisbane and, and uh, Southeast Queensland. Uh, you know, we we are, we are hoping to have crowds of around forty thousand each day. Of course, they'll roll in and out a bit across the course of the day because we've got multiple games. But in terms of ticket sales, it's looking fantastic. Uh, you know, there are some still some seats available. So if people in Southeast Queensland or Visitors from other parts of the country want to get there. They can still get there, but it's going to be a great weekend.
1: Graham, just a quick question. Um, we're seeing this year, we're seeing some great football for starters, but we're seeing some really um, games with big score scorelines um, where one team's dominating. Do, at the end of each year, do you, do you sit down and review how to make the, the competition closer? Because there seems like it'd be a real big gap between
2: the bottom four now and the top four. Yeah, look, it is a little bit unusual this year, uh, but... That thing, those sort of things do go in cycles as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, we to answer your question, yeah, we do monitor that. We monitor it on a weekly basis, so we're constantly monitoring a whole range of statistics, uh, including margins, uh, the speed of the game, the amount of uh, distance that players are travelling through a GPS data. Uh, so we've got a whole raft of uh, different metrics that we that we follow and measure, so that we can feed all that information back into our end of season reviews and that sort of thing leads the commission to making decisions on what should happen for the following year.
0: Finally, um, and this is an ongoing issue, press conferences or media conferences with coaches blowing up at officials. Are they walking a fine line? A few of them at the moment?
2: Well, I think coaches always walk a fine line, Tim. I mean, you know, we we require them to go to press conferences, so they have to be given a little bit of latitude because, you know, you can't really say to someone you've got to go to a press conference and then gag them when they go there. So, uh, But uh, we do give them pretty strict guidelines about where they can go and where they can't go. We don't say that they can't comment about uh, things that might have happened in the game the, around uh, the officials, uh, but they've got to draw the line at not questioning their integrity and not being abusive about them. So, uh, you know, they can, they can make comments on whether they agreed with decisions or whether they disagreed with decisions, but uh, they've just got to make sure they don't overstep the mark, and, and that's what we constantly try and reinforce with them.
1: Yeah, it's really good to hear because we don't want it to be totally vanilla, do we?
2: No, we don't, and you know, I, I don't think anyone, I don't think anyone could accuse rugby league of being vanilla. No, no absolutely sure. not. It comes in
0: all shapes and sizes and colour, and it just robustly rolls down the road. Graeme, always great to chat. Hopefully, we'll get you on real soon on afternoon sport. All the best with the, the magic round. Anytime, boys. Thank you very much. Coming up on afternoon sport, Drew Jones from Fox Sports News unstitches what has been a crazy week in AFL. PlaySport is calling game on for a new way to play. A free platform to explore and be inspired to connect to thousands of sport, rec and well-being activities in your community. Just go to PlaySport.com. PlaySport. Whatever moves you. Now, let's start with a story. There was a nightclub, some AFL players, and it all turned pear-shaped. Let's try and unstitch this. We have Fox Sports, Drew Jones. How are you, mate? Morning, boys. What a
3: cocktail. The For a mm. Saturday night, AFL players, a nightclub, and some fisticuffs. It doesn't get better than that, than a story, does it?
1: It doesn't, mate. But uh, the Richmond club really standing by the players, and it seemed like the players were more defending themselves and starting something.
3: Well, at the moment, Shane, we don't have any information other than than what's been given by the players and what's come out via Richmond, so really at this stage we kind of have to take their word for it. So, birthday party of Shay Bolton's partner, uh, and there were a number of AFL players who were there. There was a couple of players from Geelong, there was a Melbourne player there as well. So a bit of a gathering all together, and that's as we know that can sometimes set people off. Yep. And it was the you know the general public in this occasion who it appears who have intervened on their sort of party at the nightclub. was called Yo-Yo, which uh, not a a jaunt of mine, but I can understand why they might have hit that up on a Saturday night. No alcohol involved, uh, according to the club, whether or not you believe that's another thing. But again, we have to Mm. take their word. Someone's approached um, one of the girlfriends. Daniel Rioli has gone in to sort of step in to defend Shay's girlfriend. Mm -hmm. He's got punched in the face and then – obviously Shea's gone over as well. And the the only thing left to find out now is, did Shea throw a punch? He's actually a a bit of a martial arts man uh, in his downtime, Um, but he's ended up with a broken wrist. So Mm -hmm. AFL investigating just to tick off exactly what happened. But at at this stage, Richmond, they're not going to sanction their players because they believe they were Kind of doing the right thing, in a sense, if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, well, look, that's where the problem sits for me. Uh, yo-yo club up and down in the story is that last time I went to a nightclub, which is probably, uh, you know, with respect, is probably in the late 80s, but there was security. <laughs> there, there were bouncers. There were staff. So this wasn't some barn. This wasn't John Candy in a mud wrestling scene from Stripes. I, I just don't know how things can escalate that quickly. It's just big egos, testosterone, They
3: didn't want to obviously wait for for the authorities to step in, Uh, and that's where they've gone wrong. That's their mistake. Mm, They didn't. But it can
1: it can it it can definitely happen, Timmy. Look, I I experienced it not 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 a lot of times. Like no, no, I'm saying the bloody public are fantastic and they always say nice things. There are times at 1% where they'll say something, you know, whether they're alcohol fueled or not, but um, it, it can happen and it can escalate really quick.
0: I've seen that too as well, but there are ways of appeasing a situation rather than turning into um, Paul Gallen and Justice Hooney. That, that, that's, that's the point I'm making. Yep. Okay, let's change tactics. Okay, well, two other guys throwing punches. You've got Eddie McGuire and Koshy, mate. What's that all about? <laughs> Imagine them throwing a
3: punch. Now, there is a, a pay-per-view that I would fork out for. <laughs> uh, now, now, the the punches that have been thrown in the aftermath, do we,
0: we think Eddie was out of line yes. talking about Koshy's appearance? Yep. Look, I think it undermines where he is, Drew, to be honest with you, because he's been through a very difficult time, and I think it was, in my view, it was a bit of ego and hubris that probably got him there, and it's these kinds of comments which probably he just needs to put back in his pocket because it seems childish and over the top. Yeah, it's, it's probably a little bit
3: disappointing because the debate around the Guernsey is valid, but then when you start making it personal, then that takes away from the conversation, so... Eddie then puts Collingwood in, in a difficult spot as well because he is, you know, he's not a, obviously officially linked with them, but will always be intrinsically linked with the club. So, yeah, I, I didn't mind what Port Adelaide did. It was a bit cheeky, um, but they're within their rights to wear whatever they want in the club rooms. Um, and then maybe there was some frustration from Collingwood, you know behind closed doors, but Collingwood sorry, Eddie sort of made that a bit public. But yeah, I've enjoyed it. It's good theatre, but probably Eddie just stepped over the line a little. And it just brings back to me these comments
1: around Adam Goods, you know, many years ago and and, and throwing cheap shots. And um I, I think you're right. I think Eddie's yeah, better than that, and he needs to put those comments back in his pocket because he's doing, he's doing himself no favors. Yeah,
0: mm, yeah. And we were very sympathetic. Mm. We were very sympathetic to his plight. And look, I think he's done some fantastic things, not only for the AFL but broadcast. But those sorts of personal comments, oh, big nose, really. I mean, that sounds like year two to me. <laughs> um, look, they they look like they're going to appeal this decision uh, with Lys at uh, Port Adelaide. Four weeks. That was a heavy, heavy ban at the the, uh, the AFL. Tribunal, Drew? I'm intrigued that they're appealing this because they only asked for three weeks, so it's not
3: much more and it does fall in line with the decision with Alex Neil Bullen last season with the dangerous tackle that ends up with the concussion. Did you see much of the transcripts from the Tribunal? Mm. They, mm. they were getting a little bit desperate. When you start talking about physics and Ugh, I can't. I can't even remember the actual term they use. But I was talking about Olympic hammer throw and shot, <laughs> put, and the, and and the way that you use your arms and your forearms and the force created. And I was like, if you're starting to talk physics, then you're really clutching at straws. Like, give me an actual reason or a proper argument as to why this isn't a dangerous tackle that was out of control and put. I mean, maybe I'm like I'm being a bit dramatic, but someone could die. Mm. If, if it goes wrong, and you don't mm. need to like you don't need to tackle that way. Like the spear oh. tackle was taken out of rugby league for a good reason, yeah, and the, and the slam tackle the same,
0: you know. Yeah, and to use Debbie Sosomenko's hammer throw as some sort of analogy in your appeal, it doesn't really work. It's a tough one. We're all trying to get in the spirit of Tokyo
3: 2021, I get oh, yes. that, but so I think that's taken it a little far. <laughs> hey, uh, Drew, just quickly, um,
1: is it too early to say? I think this Petrarca, the Melbourne, um. Midfielder, he's is he big
3: chance to Brownlow, isn't he? Yeah, the only reason that Petraka potentially won't win the Brownlow is because of Clayton Oliver, because yeah, okay. he's having probably a career best season in the midfield as well. Mm. So Clayton might be stealing votes off Christian Petraka every almost every week, but yeah, okay. he's been best on grounds probably f- at least four times this season, and the way that he plays, he kicks goals. He's a big boy. He's in the middle. Yeah. He's winning the hard ball. You know, that's conducive to getting Brownlow votes. I mean, if, you, if you're going to put a cheeky tenner on Christian, I don't think that's a bad – that's not a bad call.
0: It's not too late. Imagine what the party's going to be like in Melbourne. Uh, as uh, Rob Gilbert, our editor-at-large, said, they won't be going to the ski fields this winter. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's just – it's rolling along. <laughs> Drew Jones from Fox Sports. It is all Fox Sports news. You wear a number of hats. It's always an absolute uh, delight to have you on the program. Good on you, mate. Boys, thanks so much. Have a great week. <laughs> That's it for afternoon sport today. We'll be with you Monday to Friday every week. Follow us on your podcast app so you don't miss it. Big thank you today to Graham Annesley and also to Drew Jones and our sponsors. Well, we wouldn't be here without them. Yeah, wonderful sponsors in Spartan Sports, www.spartansportshq.com. And of course, our great producer, Dan McHugh. We'll be back tomorrow afternoon with your daily dose of sport.
1: We'll see you then, guys. Take care.